0: hello everyone welcome back to cloud wars live we are uh exploring as you know the digital revolution all the things going on there and certainly the year 2020 was one where we saw many companies have to rush into the whole uh, world of digital transformation try to figure out who do they need to be to become the sort of companies they need to be in the future uh, with the great acceleration behind that of course of the COVID pandemic and we've seen some companies do a brilliant job of it some not so good And we are delighted to have today one of our monthly guests, Bonnie Tinder, who is the CEO of Raven Intel. Bonnie's got vast experience and insight into what's going on with a lot of these projects. And she's going to share some of that with us today. Bonnie, welcome back. It's always great to see you.
1: And likewise, also great to be here with you and with your listeners.
0: Bonnie, thanks. So uh, I I hope I didn't spill any of uh, the beans there on what you've got going on, but talk a little bit please about you know the perspective that Raven Intel has on these sorts of projects and what you've got for us today that allows uh, that's going to offer some very interesting insights into how these big projects are going.
1: Absolutely so the company founded which is Raven Intel um, is uh, we measure the voice of the customer that is what we look at very closely and we look at the voice of the customer as it relates to enterprise software implementation success. And the way that we get our insights are through um, peer reviews. So just like you would write a Yelp review um, about a local restaurant, um, our visitors have the opportunity to review uh, a large digital implementation or digital transformation project that they just went through. And so we collect feedback from a variety of types of customers, industries, the type of software, um, as well as the scope of project that they worked on. Um, But that collective wisdom really helps inform future customers about, you know, who are the best SIs? What are the best systems in terms of the implementation effort? And so what I thought would be interesting to talk about with you today um, is about what we found in, in 2020. I mean, um, as we've talked about, it was an absolutely different landscape in terms of project work um, in, the, in the digital transformation world last year. And some, some really interesting findings that, um, that I've seen from customers Based on the review data that we have, over a thousand reviews uh, um, is is what what I'll be be speaking about today.
0: And you know, it, it's funny um, since you have been uh, a guest here with us on Cloud Wars Live for the last several months. I've uh, and, and you describe Raven Intel as what it does a little bit like Yelp. I I tend to notice a little more Yelp reviews when I happen to see them. I don't go on the Yelp site and look through them, but I saw one the other day. It's about a restaurant that. I happen to like quite a bit. And some, you know, the comment was like, uh, this place, this place is rotten. And uh, I was, I was, uh, I was sort of hurt by that. So it's interesting how, you know, I don't own that restaurant. I haven't been there in a while, you know, clearly, but, um, but those things, you know, we take it to heart. So people reveal in these reviews, something that you can't always tell from just sort of sterile data or numbers about it. So I think it's very intriguing the way that you're going to be able to have these firsthand uh, impressions, these firsthand accounts, and these firsthand opinions about how some of these incredibly important projects have come along here. So um, I'm going to turn it over to you and be quiet and you can share some of those very, very interesting findings you've come up with.
1: Absolutely. And, and, Bob, just, just sort of expanding upon, um, you know, your Yelp experience, we certainly see projects um, that are not rated well, just like, you know, that, that one restaurant that you saw rated. Um, you know, with that said, one project does not represent, or one customer's opinion doesn't represent the overall body of work of, let's say, an SI um, or the systems implementer consulting firm, or that software vendor, that's you know sort of a, a point in time experience. And it is really when we can take a step back and get a bird's eye view, looking collectively at, at a, a good quantity of data, that, that we're really able to spot trends and understand, okay, so what's the overall satisfaction rate with some of these things? Mm. And um, so, you know, what what I'm going to talk about today is is a little bit of those again the bird's eye view. Thus, the name Raven Intel um, is is to provide that, those sort of insights. Um, and if, and there's good, there's there's amazing projects that we had there, and there are certainly the fair ones and and the ones that have some trouble spots. So I'll talk about some of those things. You know, I think. The biggest trend that we saw last year was the difference in the type of project work that was going on. We saw a higher volume of phase two projects or optimization. And by that, um, what we consider phase two is, is a, a customer or company might have an existing piece of software in place and um, they have added additional modules to that, or additional functionality. They've expanded the scope of work that that particular software was done, or they had this software in place, and um, you know they've really wanted to optimize it. They might have implemented it, you know, last year, but it, it really wasn't functioning to the level or being used to the level that was optimal. So those type of projects last year increased by 25 percent. We saw somewhat fewer of the phase zero or one type of projects and those were the full you know from zero to 60 installs right the full suite implementations those are the ones that you know millions of dollars years in, in the in the works um, and we saw we saw some fewer of those about th- those were down 10 percent. Um, the hot industries for digital uh projects or uh, acceleration would be healthcare, as you might imagine, uh, manufacturing. And and both of those were up about 15% from previous years in terms of the quantity of projects that we saw come through. And government, um, that was up about 4%. Um, The the one thing uh, across the board, regardless of industry, is that in 48% of the project reviews that we had last year, the scope of the the project changed while in flight. So they either called it down um, because they had a different initiative that they were doing, um, or they had to lay off staff so they didn't have the availability of resources. Or in some cases, they actually had to add on uh, additional um, aspects of of the project. Um, So 48% of the time, that project was different than what they thought going in last year. And that's higher than in In previous
0: years. Bonnie could you just uh, on on that last point that 48% is higher is it is it wildly higher or you know how what what's a typical year um, uh, adaptation uh, of this scale and scope of a project?
1: It's a great question. Um, You know in previous years that number is more like in the 30% range about you know 30 to 35% of the time the customer says, we changed the scope of the project and, um, you know, it wasn't like something was missed and, you know, um, and they didn't catch this. And I had lots of change orders this year though, that was up about 15%, um, where the customer said, look, or, or, I'm sorry, even more than that. So 48%. So like, yeah. you know, 18% almost um, the customer said, we changed the scope of work. It had nothing to do with the fact that you know, our vendor didn't identify, um, or you know, do a proper discovery of the project.
0: So, indicator that this the the rate of change that we see all around us is is really picking up, and I, that's yeah. gonna it seems Bonnie be sort of a fact of life going forward. So maybe that heightened range of uh, adjustment and course correction in the middle of the project that is that gonna be sort of the norm going forward.
1: You know, a huge trend that we saw is this idea that customers, um, what was most important about the the project or the strength of like the, uh, the SI or the vendor that was helping them is this idea of flexibility, adaptability, agility. And so that was called out by customers and projects that were successful. I think that what happened in the last year is that um, you know, this idea of, okay, we need to be adaptable. We need to be agile in our process. Um, I mean, that was a, a necessary, uh, you know, situation, you know, everybody had to be flexible last year due to, you know, a change that would seem like happened every week, you know? Um, and I think that we'll see going forward that, you know, it's just going to be, people are more used to this idea of, um, of having to be adaptable and, and being flexible to change.
0: Yeah. So Bonnie, what uh, I, I I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead on you here, but as you described this, especially in such a you know tumultuous year as 2020, what were your what were your findings on the overall happiness or satisfaction of the yeah. outcomes?
1: Here's the thing that surprised me is that Customers are actually happier with the outcomes of these projects than in previous years. So, um, you know, we asked three, era, you know, types of questions about customer satisfaction: how satisfied you were, were you with your software vendor, how satisfied were you with your SI or the the consulting firm that helped you, um, and then also how satisfied were you with this particular project? Mm-hmm. So that's the culmination of all of those things working together, and overall, we saw a full point higher increase in satisfaction in all three areas. So in the in previous years that that number was approximately an average of seven out of 10, you know, some degree of in the sevens out of 10 for each one of those different things. Last year, we actually saw that raised to eight. And, you know, I think Probably customers were a little bit more forgiving in general due to all of the changes in terms of their satisfaction. But I think you know the other thing is is the expectations and the sort of the scope of projects were probably locked down a little bit better due to you know constraints with time and budget. And maybe as a result of that, you know customers were able to have a more defined sort of um, you know scope of work and and happier as a result of the outcomes.
0: Mm. That's uh, that's wild. Would you ever have expected that?
1: I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I'll tell you the other thing that I, I didn't necessarily expect. Um, and that is, is, the on-time and on-budget delivery rates were up as well. Um, and so we saw an increase of 10% um, in on-time delivery and about an 8% increase in on-budget delivery. Now, our delivery range is still, you know, about 60% of the time um, a project is delivered on time and on budget and about 40% relate. So, I mean, we're still not hitting out of the park here, but on the other hand, that's definitely an improvement from 2019 and and 18, where that hovered around the 50% range. So, you know, I I think part of that might have been due to the fact that the the projects were somewhat smaller in nature. They were optimization projects or, or phase two type of things, um, but you know also those contributing factors. The fact that things are you know more predictable in terms of on time on budget, I think, could be correlated to to satisfaction rates as well.
0: Wow. Well, uh, uh remarkable you know great great insights bonnie on this um there there are probably some heroes in here as well right and i know raven intel looks at uh both the rating for the partner the integrator that went along as well as the software vendor so
1: who
0: uh who came out of this sparkling
1: yeah so you know i think there were bright spots in each one of the software uh ecosystems that we look at so we look at service now sap oracle Ultimate software unit for and uh, and and workday, and so in every single one of those software areas, we had projects that met and exceeded the um, the expectations of customers, and um, you know I, I think that where there were success themes um, or or those bright spots really had to do with, um, you know, some, some of the, the SIs and the the vendors who really went above and beyond expectations for, for customers. And, you know, the comments that I heard from, you know, on these reviews was, you know, our vendor SI was flexible with our changing needs. They had a strong understanding Mm -hmm. of the broader business challenges that we were faced with. Um, Our vendor was willing to adapt to our changes. And I think that, you know, when I see those type of comments on reviews that really reflects well on the software um, and and SI relationship that was built. And I think, you know, we talked about on our, our last podcast but the heroes through the tumultuous 2020 um year i think are the ones that really are going to reap the rewards this year with you know more projects and additional work from customers who really were um you know were satisfied in uh you know despite the all the pandemic pandemic challenges that happened
0: you know bonnie that's so interesting as you say the the responsiveness the flexibility the agility of the partners and the software companies it's a it's wild, and we recently did uh, this thing we called the CEO Cloud Outlook 2021, in which we talked to you know, the CEOs of a number of the, the major vendors, and it's interesting um, how many of them directly or indirectly locked in on this point of saying, you know, these these customers of ours, many of them are are hurting, and they're either hurting because their industries way down. They're hurting because of the incredible challenges they've had to overcome, or in some ways, not so much hurting, but they're struggling to keep up with the just extraordinary growth and demand on their products and services that are being placed. So it's good to see that this sort of maturation, right? I think of the cloud industry overall has sort of come around from, it wasn't that many years ago when it was the cloud vendors that sort of drove the agenda. Here's the products we're gonna make, here's what we're gonna call them, here's what we're gonna offer to you, here's all the other stuff that you have to put together by yourself. So I, I think this has been a real um, growing up period over the last year or so. And it sounds very much like the data that you're reflecting from your surveys here would, would be in line with that.
1: Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, and you know there was a lot of work that was done last year for free. Uh, you know, software that was given um, or price breaks that were had, I've, you know, I, I know a couple of the SIs were really squeezed by customers, um, because they, you know, customer had, uh, you know, change in, in their ability to, you know, to, to budget for for new work and things like that. And so I think, um, you know, again, that, that idea of, of flexibility and personalization, um, you know, based on on customer needs uh, was was something that, that will be rewarded in, in the coming years with loyalty.
0: And Bonnie, did the data reveal to you anything about you know if you want to call them me the mistakes or yeah. uh, challenges that people have to learn to overcome more effectively?
1: Yeah. So I I think there are you know uh, a couple that continue to come up, and I would say these are not drastically different than what we have heard in years past. But the sticky wickets that I continue to hear as problems number one are external integrations and this idea of connecting multiple systems together um, is is it customers are not really thinking through that or truly understanding the effort involved there Um, that that is a huge sticky wicket when you're trying to get multiple systems to talk to each other it's great to say oh you know we have an integrated system it's all in one uh, but that—that's rare, right? You rarely have a system that's—it's just completely on its own. So um, this idea of integrations um, has always comes up as a challenge. I think um, the other thing is this idea of garbage in and garbage out, and um, you know, having data that is—that is bad and bringing that into a new system uh, is is a recipe for disaster. So when data is not cleaned up before customers bring it into a new system, guess what? Now that new system is gonna be crappy too. Um, and so, you know, that's the second thing is this, you know the, the idea that you bring over good data and, and processes that, um, you know that will make your, your new system shine. Um, you know, there's a difference. I, the third thing is, is there's a difference between a system go live and actually living in the system. And so much of the time, you know, customers and, and vendors celebrate this idea of go live, a project go live, yay. And, you know, with they have cakes and they take pictures and isn't that great. Um, but the reality is, is that's really when sort of the work begins um, and there's a difference between go live and actually living in the system and sometimes um, you know, customers do not spot the errors um, right away. It takes a cycle or two or sometimes 10 to understand like, uh-oh, you know, this wasn't converted correctly. And now, you know, we have two months of, of um, you know, cleanup to do um, based on, on what went wrong here. So, um, you know, this, this idea of, um, you know, go live is, is, is just sort of the tip of the iceberg. So, um, you know, it takes a while. In order to really have a new system mature to the point where it's it's, it's fully functional.
0: Well, Bonnie, that's a that's a great point. is like don't don't get uh, you know false goals or objectives in line. That going live is great, but it's a step in a a longer journey. Okay, that's
1: right. Yeah, that's right.
0: So, Bonnie, give me a second here. I'm gonna uh, offer a word from our sponsor, BMC. BMC wants to know: Is your business on its A game? That's when systems are intelligent by learning from markets, where automation is paramount yet effortless, and when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com/a-game. So, Bonnie, almost you know, in light of that, you know, there's this uh, A game notion there that BMC had talked about. I have heard a number of big software companies say that uh, we have crossed a threshold in 2020 about uh, being able to do things digitally, being able to do things remotely with, with customers. So in a, in a lot of cases, they say, you know, we're able to install a big new system without a or, or very minimal a of on-site presence there. So what do you think and what did you find from the data here in the survey is about remote project delivery? How, how real is that as something that's going to endure?
1: Yeah, I think remote project delivery is here to stay. Um, you know, the, the whole idea of work from home and distributed work environments is, is, is here and it's going in, and it's and in it's the future as well. And I think what people have realized is that the expense of t and the inefficiencies of always having to be on site um, doesn't add that much to a project. Certainly there are milestones where it's amazing to be face to face and build relationships and deepen relationships. Um, and it's not to take away from that. With that said though, I think one of the huge learnings um, of you know, 2020 was, that projects can be deployed very efficiently in a distributed work environment, um, you know, especially when you're dealing with large teams and, and there's, there's definitely cost to be saved there.
0: So Bonnie, I, I had a couple of follow-up things for you if you don't mind. Sure. Um, one is, can you give us a, a sense of how often you might be able to share these sort of findings? Is this an annual opportunity or every six months?
1: Yeah. So we, the reviews that we have about SIs and software vendors um, are available real time on our site and ravenintel.com customers and, and, um, you know, vendors can can go out and and look and we welcome having you read the reviews that are out there. In terms of the aggregate insights, um, those are available quarterly. And um, what's really interesting is, is certainly looking back at 2020, that, that's hugely interesting. Um, but even on a quarterly basis, there are certain project trends per quarter that all of a sudden are starting to come to, to light um, that I'm seeing. So, you know, projects in Q4 are typically not as happy as those in Q3. I'm now seeing that by having the benefit of three years of data. Um, so they've started collecting that. So um, Bob, the, the, the long-winded answer to your question is that um, th- that this is available quarterly. We'll be putting it and publishing it out on, on our website uh, quarterly as well.
0: All right, All right. and Bonnie, um, three quick questions here. One, uh, you know, two about language and one about um, your flowers. Uh, it, where I am uh, here in late January, it is very cold. And uh, so it is wonderful to see flowers. Can you tell us about those?
1: Yes, definitely, definitely. So I'm in Chicago, and I wish I could look out my window and see <laughs> flowers. Unfortunately, I only see snow. Um, but yes, it's it's great to have my my indoor blooms here that keep me that keep me happy.
0: <laughs> Perfect. And Bonnie, uh, a couple minutes ago, as you were uh, going into some detail about one of the findings, you were using the term "sticky wicket." Now, I learned about that a hundred years ago when I was a kid, I was a baseball fan and my, the team I followed was the Pittsburgh Pirates. And they had a guy from uh, the Bahamas on the team, Andre Robertson, and he grew up playing cricket and he would always talk about a sticky wicket. And so I learned that from the announcers that what that was, but for people who haven't, uh, you know, aren't cricket fans or perhaps weren't the fans of the Pirates with Andre Robertson, what's a sticky wicket?
1: So. What- and I don't know too much about cricket. When I think about a sticky wicket, it's about um, croquet. And so Uh I grew up and we played a lot of croquet. And so the sticky wicket was the one that like you had grass and you couldn't get your ball through it. Um, So yeah.
0: (laughs) A very tough angle. You're hoping there'll be a bend in gravity or something to get it through. And Bunny, often on your blackboard in our, our sessions, you've got a word of the month, anything you've got good back here?
1: Yes and in fact this is one of my takeaways for from this session so this whole idea of know your why and I was I was thinking through these 2020 metrics and about okay so if, if you're doing a project in 2021 what you know what can some of these uh, you know what was done in 2020 help help a, a person that might be considering a project in 2021 So know your why is probably the overarching number one piece of advice I would have, is this idea that the only time that you should do a project is that you truly understand what's the business issue and what's the business goal. A digital transformation is only gonna work if there's actually a business transformation that happens. And I think the clearer that you can get with your goals and the outcome and consistently measuring against that um you know and communicating that not just to your executive sponsor but to every person on the team um you know i, th- I think that will ensure success more so than oh we're implementing workday or we're implementing sap i mean that so much of you know those the devils and the details um you know gets the the overarching reason that you're doing a project gets lost when you're in the weeds. And I think the, the clearer that you can make this why, the uh, more on track your project will be.
0: Um, Bonnie, that's a great explanation. It makes you know a ton of sense. It's gonna be more important going forward. And I have to tell you, there was a little bit of a, uh, I was trying to force this idea out of my head, this memory, but it kept coming back in. So uh, again, back in my childhood days, <laughs> I found in grade school at the Catholic school I went to, I often got paddled. That was the what. And I knew when I was getting paddled and afterward, I sure remembered it, but I, I failed to understand why. And I didn't dig enough into knowing the why was I getting paddled. So if you had just explained this to me, I mean, you weren't around, but when I was in grade school, if you, but boy, I wish I knew then what I just learned now.
1: That's right. And a failed, uh, I think of a failed uh, project as a paddle. You don't want that. <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Bonnie, that is perfect. That's, that's, that's perfect. Great stuff here. Um, it's good to see you again. Thanks for sharing the ideas, the data, the big trends, the orchids, and know your why.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me.
0: All right, everybody, and thanks for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. Uh, As Bonnie said, at the Raven Intel site, there's lots of good data there and lots of good things to check out. Bonnie's been a tremendous addition to Cloud Wars Live, and we're thrilled to be able to have her each month to share some of these insights. So thanks for being with us. Stay warm out there, and we look forward to seeing you next time.